<sighs> so, um, hello everybody. Today is April 17th, 2022. If I can still remember those things. So, uh, welcome to the Bhagavatam class. Today we are going to we're going to begin with uh, verse one fifteen forty five. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So one fifteen forty five. Sarvetam Manunir Jagmur. Hmm. Bratara Krutanischaya hmm. Kalina Dharma Mitrena Drishtwa Sprishta Prajabhuvi. So, um, Yudhisthira has renounced the world. You remember, he's learned that Krishna has left this world. I mean, in one, his pastime form, he's obviously still pervades the world. And then Yudhisthira sees the symptoms of Kali. So in the previous verse, it said, Udichim Pramivesham, that he entered the northern direction or went to the northern direction. Gatapurvang Mahatma B, the direction that had that great souls, Mahatmas, had gone to in the past. Hridi Brahma Param Dhyayan, meditating on the Supreme Brahman in his heart, Navarteta Jatogataha. He, he uh, would not turn back. Actually, the verb is not, he did not turn back, but he would not turn back from where he had gone. In other words, if he took a step in, in, in a certain direction to the north, he wouldn't turn back. So it's this real disciplined determination. So that was the last verse we did. Then now, Sarve Tammanunir Jagmur Bhatara Pratanischaya. So all the brothers, the other four Pandavas, Bhima, Arjuna, Nakula, and Sahadeva, the other four Pandavas, uh, Prabhupada says, Anunir Jagmur left home by following the elder. Uh, in the, that's in the word for word in the translation, Prabhupada says, decided to follow in the footsteps of their elder brother. It's a very interesting word, Anu Nir Jagmur. Jagmur by itself is just the uh, perfect past tense of the verb to go, uh, the verb gum, to go, which you see the GM there anyway. So that just means they went. But then Anu means they went following and following Tam, him. <clears throat> and then uh, that's the Anu part. And near can mean like they went out, they went away. So so they all went away following him, following Yudhisthira. So all that's in that verb, Anu near Jagmur. So all the different parts of the verb are meaningful. So all the brothers, Krita Nischaya, because they had made up their minds, Nischaya, Nishaya in Sanskrit means determination, resolution, and krita. In other words, they'd really made their determination that we're going, and that's it. So they'd made up their minds, they'd, they'd formed their 
their resolution, they were determined, and they all went out, left home, and they all followed their brother. So, Kalina, Dharma, Mitrena, Drishtwa, and they did this, Drishtwa, having seen Praja, all the citizens, and just even non-human citizens, creatures, having seen Praja, the citizens, Bhuvi, on the earth, Sprishta, touched by, Sprishta means touched, it can also mean like, like they've been touched, they've been affected, they've been uh, <clears throat> by Kalina, by, by Kali, because they've been touched by Kali, like contaminated, almost like when you're touched by some, you know, terrible disease, then that means you get the disease. So having seen Praja, all the Prajas, the citizens on earth, touched by, affected by, Kali, Kalina, Adharma Mitrena, who is the friend of Adharma. Mitra is a friend and Adharma. Kalina, by, touched by Kali, who is Adharma's friend. So the Pandavas now follow their brothers. We'll go to the next verse. Te Sadhu Krita Sarvarata. Gyatvatyantikam Atmanaha Manasadharyamasur Vaikunta Charanambujam. So, te, they, uh, sadhu, sadhu can mean a sadhu, or can also mean just everything that is good. So, so Krita, they had done sarva artha, all purposes, everything of value, everything which was a, uh, a true purpose in life, everything which was actually of value, they'd done it. Krita sarva artha, they'd done that. Sadhu, and they'd done it very well, or they'd done it in the... In, in the way that a sadhu, a saintly person, would do it. I'm just going to uh, look in the dictionary one moment for the word sadhu. As an adjective, sadhu means leading straight to a goal, hitting the mark, unerring. So they'd done it, and they'd really hit the mark. They, they really did it in a, in a straightforward, unerring way. Uh, it also can mean successful. They've done it in a successful way. The, this is the word sadhu as an adjective. Powerful, excellent, good, virtuous, honorable. They've done it in a virtuous, honorable, righteous way. All that, when you hear the word sadhu in Sanskrit, it's all there. And then as a noun, it can mean a good or virtuous person, a holy person, a saint, a sage, a seer, and so on. <laughs> who has all those qualities. So, te sadhu krita sarvarata gyatwa knowing atyantikam atmanaha, knowing that their own atyantikam. So this word atyantika is very interesting. Uh, so I'm gonna uh, take you to the dictionary for a second. I'll explain where the word comes from. Uh, well, first I'll explain the word, then you'll, otherwise you won't understand how, the, how it comes to mean that. 
uh, anta, anta in Sanskrit means, well, we have an English word from the word anta, which is end. The English word end is Sanskrit, anta, anta. And so, for example, the Lord who has no limit, no end, the infinite Lord is called ananta. And, um, and so ati, atyanta, which is a common word in Sanskrit, means beyond limit, atyanta. And so in Sanskrit, in, in a sense, it's a way of saying uh, something extreme or, or it mean beyond the end, proper end or limit. It can therefore can mean excessive or very great, very great, very strong, endless, unbroken, perpetual, something that has no end, something which is absolute, which is perfect. <clears throat> so that is all the word atianta, which means beyond the anta, beyond limit, beyond the end. Uh, and so anyway, it has many meanings. So here we, from that word atianta, beyond the end or limit, you have a derivative word atyantikam. So in other words, having known the at, their own atyantika, so, so the Pandavas knowing the Atyantika of their soul, Atmanaha. And so Atyantika, Prabhupada translates it here, the ultimate, in the word for word. And then in the verse he says, uh, they rightly decided the lotus feet of Lord Krishna are the supreme goal of life. So it, it just means they knew their, their infinite, their endless, their eternal, their supreme self-interest. That's really the idea. Gyatva atyantika, which of course is Krishna. Gyatva atyantikam atmanaha. So manasa, with their minds, that means with the mind. Dariyam asur, you may recognize the word. This is the verb, plural, uh, plural past tense. Dariyam asur. This is also the um, sixth uh, limb of Ashtanga Yoga. There's six limbs or six parts or six steps in Ashtanga Yoga. And the sixth one is Dharana. So this is the same word. We just have the verb here. So they, with their minds, they held on to, they, they sustained in their mind uh, Vaikuntha, which here means Krishna, the Lord of the spiritual world, uh, Charanambujam, the, the lotus feet, or as it says here, literally in Sanskrit, the foot lotus, uh, of Vaikuntha, of the Lord. So they sustained that Dharayamasra, which is, of course, the sixth stage of yoga. And uh, Ambuja means lotus, literally water-born. Ambu is water, and Ja is born. So the lotus is often called Ambuja, water-born, or the same thing, Amboja, same thing, water-born, Jalaja. So you can take all the many words for water in Sanskrit, like jala, ambu, and so on. And if you add the suffix ja, born, it means a lotus, water born. So jala, ja, ambu, ja, and so on. So his feet, which are lotuses, poetically speaking. So uh, so they they held on to the Lord's lotus feet in their mind. That's the idea here, simple idea. But of course, Sanskrit is very interesting, in my humble opinion. 
So next we have two verses. Tadhyano Drittya Bhaktya Vishuddha Dishana Pare Tasmin Narayana Pade Ekanta Matayo Gatima Vapur Duravapam Te Asadbir Vishayatma Vi Viduta Kalmasha Stanam Vida Jain At Manaiva He very nice verse. So here's a double verse. So Tadhyana, uh, by that meditation, uh, or uh, actually, it, 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 if you look at the last word in the first line, which is bhaktiya, so by bhakti, through bhakti, bhaktiya, which was udriktiya, which had been increased, which had been uh, just highly strengthened by meditation on the Lord. So their meditation on Krishna uh, strengthened uh, their, their devotion. The word udrikta means increased, augmented, abundant, abounding, excessive, prominent. So by devotion, uh, which by their meditation on the Lord had their devotion to Krishna become very prominent. When they were acting as Yudhisthira as a king and princes and warriors, they had a lot of things to think about. And of course, they were doing it for Krishna, but now they have nothing else to think about. So uh, by this, so with, with devotion, which has been increased, augmented, which is now just really flourishing uh, by their meditation on the Lord and, and they're not thinking of anything else. So by that devotion, Vishuddha Dishana, uh, their, um, their consciousness, their intelligence was completely purified. Vishuddha, purified, Dishana, their consciousness, their intelligence, their understanding. Tadhyano Driktiyao Bhaktiya Vishuddha Dishana Pare Tasmin Narayana Pade Ekanta Matayo. And they became Ekanta Matayo. Uh, matayo is just the plural of Mati, which is a direct synonym for Manas, the mind. It's made from the same root, Sanskrit uh, root Man. You can make the word Manas, the mind, or Mati, which also means mind. And uh, here, ekanta, the same word anta we had before, one purpose. So their minds had one anta, one end, one purpose, one goal. This is very nice Krishna consciousness. So, uh, so with this powerful devotion, uh, their minds their intelligence was purified and then they devoted, they, they, they fixed that elevated state of consciousness in Narayana Pade, which could mean in the feet of Narayan or in the abode of Narayan. And uh, with Ekanta Mati and their minds, their Matis, their minds had only that one goal, only that one purpose 
And so gatim avapur, avapur means they achieved. Prabhupada, yeah, Prabhupada translates in the word for word as attained, attained, achieved. So they attained duravapam, uh, that which is hard to attain, because you have avapur, the verb, they attained that which is dur avapam, that which is hard to attain, which is the gatim. The word duravapam refers to the word gatim, a goal, a destination. They achieved a destination which is hard to attain. It's hard to attain a sedbir by materialistic persons who are vishayatnavi, which literally means sense gratification souls. Their souls were just all about sense gratification, vishaya. So they'd literally, viduta literally means shaken off. Um, Prabhupada translates here in the word for word, washed off, shaken off. Viduta kalmasha, contamination, all contamination, material contaminations were shaken off, were washed off. And uh <clears throat> And so Vita Jaina, they attained the stanam, they, they attained that place, that position. Uh, Vita Jaina, which is free of rajas, free of any material passion. And, and then it, here's a very interesting word. It, then it says, Atmanaivahi. He just means indeed or certainly. Uh, Atmanaiva, by the self alone. Now, Prabhupada translates the self alone, Atmana Eva, as by the self-same body in the word for word. And then in the translation he says, but the Pandavas being completely washed of all material contamination, attained that abode by Kunta, the abode of the Lord, in their very same bodies. Now, uh, Clearly, that translation of the very same bodies, not incorrect, but also not literal, not exactly literal. I mean, in certain circumstances, the word Atman may mean body, but it often means something else. So, again, it's not an incorrect translation, but I think you should be aware it's also not a strictly, or it's not the only possible literal translation. Atma means the soul the principle of life and sensation, the individual soul, the self, uh, <clears throat> essence, nature, character, the person or whole body considered as one as, as, as opposed to the separate members of the body. So that's like a special meaning, which is, it can mean the mind, the intellect, the highest principle of life. So, Atma as the body, it's not an incorrect translation, but it's not it's not it's not the only literal translation, nor is it you could even say the first literal translation. That doesn't mean that translation is wrong. That's not my point. But at least we should know that uh, what's going on there so that we can present this intelligently to intelligent people. Oh, 
now we're finding out. So this is kind of that uh, beautiful chapter of the Bhagavatam where we are finding out what happens to everybody. So Vidura, Vidura P, even Vidura, this is 115.49, even Vidura or also Vidura, Parityaja, you know, Sarvadharman Parityaja, Parityaja Pravase Dehamatmanaha, giving up Pravase in Pravasa, which is uh, next to Dwarka. Deham Atmanaha, uh, his body, in other words, the body of his soul or his personal body, giving up his body. Here, Atmanaha is just sort of like the, uh, it just means of himself. So giving up the body of himself or giving up his body. Krishna Veshena Tachitta Peter B. Sakshayangiyo. So, uh, so he did the tachitaha means that his consciousness, or as Prabhupada says, his thoughts and actions, his consciousness was uh, Krishna Avesha, Aveshena. So he gave up his body with absorption in Krishna. Krishna Avesha, like we say, Shakti Avesha. So Shakti Avesha means one who, in whom uh, Krishna's personal power has been invested. So with investment or with complete absorption, Aveshena, in Krishna, his mind, uh, then Pitarvi with the uh, Swakshayangiyo, he went to his own abode. Remember that uh, Vidura is actually Yama, Yama Raja. So with his, with the forefathers, he went to his own abode. So he's going back to his, you could say his day job or his, his you know, his normal service to Krishna, which is to act as Yamaraj. Viduro P, so, and his mind. So actually, touch it really here, now that I look at it. I mean, it's really, what's really getting at is that his mind was in Krishna. So the idea is Krishna Veshena Tachita really means uh, that um, by absorption in Krishna, his mind was in him, in Krishna. So by absorption in Krishna, his mind was in him. And Peter being with, and with the Peters, the forefathers, he went, he went to his own abode. So that's Vidura. And this all happened at Prabhasa. So the next verse, 50, Dropadicha. It's very interesting. Little touch about householder life. Vasudeva Bhagavati Kanta Matirapatam. So Dropadi also, Dropati Cha, Tada, then at that time, Agyaya, recognizing, knowing. Uh, <clears throat> Prabhupada says in the word for word, knowing Lord Krishna fully well. But then in the translation, he gives a more literal translation. Uh, Dropadi also saw that her husbands, without caring for her, were leaving home. So really, uh, to the Agyaya, recognizing, knowing or recognizing the anapekshatam, uh, the disinterest of her husbands. In other words, her husbands were just going back to God. It's almost like 
let's say there's a play a theater on Broadway or on the London stage. And in that play, you know, someone's the husband, someone's the wife. But then every night when the play's over, you know, they they all go to their own homes. And they don't. So even though a man may play the husband in, a, in, in, in the theater or in a movie, when when the day is over, the day's work of acting is over, it's not that he has to take care of the lady like her husband because, you know, everyone just goes home. And so that's kind of what's happening here. That uh, Jopadi then recognizing, you know, sort of the disinterestedness, literally the disinterestedness of her husband. They're just, they're, in other words, they're not paying any attention to her. That's what the word means. They're just not paying attention to her. They're going back to Godhead. So Vasudeva Bhagavati Hekantamatir. So she also had literally single-purposed consciousness or mind, ekanta, literally means ekanta, having only one end, one purpose, one focus. So with her consciousness fixed only in one thing, which is in Vasudeva, Bhagavan, in Lord Vasudeva, uh, apatam, she achieved him. Very simple, apatam. Apa means attained or achieved. Uh, she attained him. Probably just in the word for word says, got him, the Lord. So, uh, so she's getting the same result as her husband, as Prabhupada says in the purport. And now, uh, here's the Falashuti at the end of this chapter. Uh, Falashuti means the fruit verse. And that the fruit here mean the result. So often at the end of stories in the Bhagavatam, uh, or in the, you know, you'll find verses that say that anyone who hears this story, anyone who believes it, anyone who repeats it, will get all these benefits, all these rewards. So follow fruit means here reward. So the reward here's the re, a reward verse. Jakshadaya etad Bhagavat priyanam pandok sutanam iti sam priyanam. So, one who, Shadhaya, with faith, Etad, Shadhaya, Etad, some Prayanam. Prayana means departure. And some Prayanam means the final departure. The final departure. In other words, they're not just leaving home to go somewhere else on earth. <clears throat> this is the final departure. Prabhupada translates it departure for the ultimate goal. So one who with faith, Shanoti, first verse of the third line, Shanoti hears of this final departure, Pandok Sutanam, of Pandu's sons, who are Bhagavat Priyanam, who are dear to the Lord. So one who hears this with faith, you have to believe it. Not just like some dry academic way, but you have to hear it <coughs> and you have to believe it. So if you do that, then Labdhva achieving indeed Swastyayanam. Uh, Swasi Ayanam, Ayana literally means going, and uh, Su Asti, 
as in swastika. Su means good, and asti means existence, like like well, literally, I mean, swasti very literally means in Sanskrit, well-being. In Spanish, uh, bienestar, or Portuguese, bienestar, bonestad, I don't know how to say it in Italian, but so this is, you know, Spanish, it's literally bienestar, suasti. So achieves well-being, purity, pavitram, like this pure state of existence, this pure state of good fortune, and upaiti, upaiti achieves bhakti, uh, devotion, siddhi, per and, and, and perfection, harao, in the Lord, in hari. So one who with faith uh, hears, uh, about the final departure of the of Pandu's sons who are dear to the Lord, one who hears that achieves uh, purity, a pure life, and ultimate well-being, and attains devotion and perfection in Hari, in the Lord. So that's what it literally says. So Prabhupada says the subjects, the subject of the departure, this is a translation, the subject of the departure of the sons of Pandu for the ultimate goal of life back to God, it is fully auspicious and perfectly pure. Therefore, anyone who hears this narration with devotional faith certainly gains the devotional service of the Lord, the highest perfection of life. And that's the end of this chapter. So uh, next week, hopefully, we'll all be together and we will begin chapter 16, how Parikshit received the age of Kali. So now we'll see if there are any questions. The usual routine here. Uh... Get the scroll function working there. Oh, Jai Krishna. So, uh, thank you all for your comments. I'm looking at the comments. I just can't comment on all the comments because that would take a little too long. Uh, let's see. Here's a question. Please offer a few words to impel Christian to save the unfortunate babies and mothers of the Ukraine from these heinous attacks by the demons of Kali Yuga. Well, we certainly do offer prayers to Krishna to save all these people. Of course, we know there are so many devotees. And obviously, we, we care about all the people. We have special concern for the devotees. But yes, we do pray to Krishna for them. So, Jagat Palana. In the West, we are celebrating Easter. Yes, that's actually a fact. When the Son of God came to give us love for the Lord without the requirement for ascending yogic purification and meditation, why should a person in the West take up a difficult Eastern path to, Eastern path to enlightenment? Well, for the simple reason that you get what you pay for. I mean, this is Easter, and so we certainly all offer our respects to a great Vaishnava, Jesus. Uh, but Jesus himself 
said, if you read the New Testament, that he's preaching basically to some pretty simple people who don't really get a lot of things. In fact, in the New Testament itself, in the book of the Acts of the Apostles, we get information that the direct followers of Jesus, those who actually met him personally, they were all basically illiterate peasants. I mean, there's nothing spiritually wrong necessarily with being an illiterate peasant. But the relevant point here is that you can't teach a lot of philosophy. So why should we take up Krishna consciousness? Well, it depends on whether you have a serious interest in having a full understanding of God. If you're not interested in that, then good luck and you know with whatever you do find interesting but for people who are seriously interested in really understanding god as a spiritual science welcome to the Hare krishna movement that may sound a little arrogant but uh anyway so shamala kishori Hare krishna you discussed anapekshatam, disinterestedness. Can you describe how it relates to our lives currently? Or should it be reserved for when we are actively transitioning from this body? That's a really good question. Um, so, um, it's, I, I think this, it really reminds me of that famous verse in the Gita where Krishna says, Bhakti is the art of all works, sarva karma sukoshalam, which Prabhupada translates as the art of all work. Uh, and the word art there is uh, koshala, uh, which here's uh, skillfulness, cleverness, experience with something. So, um, so getting back to your question, um, we have to have some, we have to be smart in this sense. Uh, when the Pandavas sort of gave up all their worldly duties because it was time to do that, the reason they didn't do that until the end of their life was not that, well, they weren't Krishna conscious yet or they were still, in, they were in Maya. No, I mean, they were always pure souls. But it, it, there's a time and place for everything. In fact, Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, uh, chapter 18, text 30, that uh, intelligence, buddhi, in the mode of goodness, knows when to go, when to enter, and when to leave. I think that's a, a very relevant. I'll, I'll, I'll read that verse to you in the Sanskrit. Um, let's see. In fact, I think, um, yeah, Krishna says, Prabhitting cha, nibritting cha, karya karye vaya vaye, bandang mokshang cha, javeti, buddhiksa, partha sattva ki. Maybe I can even post that. I don't, I don't know if I can post things in chat. I've never really done this before, but um, it's verse 1830. What that verse literally means is that Krishna tells Arjuna, O Partha, intelligence, buddhi, which is sattviki in the mode of goodness, 
the intelligence knows. He doesn't say one who has intelligence, the mode of goodness knows. It's very interesting. He says that intelligence and goodness knows. The intelligence knows prabritting when you should literally proceed and nibritting when you should pull back. Karya uh, karye, what is to be done? What is not to be done? Payavaye, what is danger? What is not danger? Bandham, what is bondage? What is liberation? Bandha moksha. So those distinctions. So in the case of the Pandavas, I mean, we have we have duties. So when Prabhupada was here, for example, and Prabhupada asked me to go to Latin America, you know, do other services, if I would have told Prabhupada, well, Prabhupada, actually, uh, I decided to completely give up any attachment to my body, and I'm going to sort of stop my normal bodily activities. He would have thought I was crazy, and he would have been right. So, um, so as far as so, the real secret of Krishna consciousness is just to always get it right, to always do what Krishna wants you to do at that moment. For example, sometimes Krishna wants you to get married. Sometimes Krishna wants you to stop being married. Sometimes. Krishna wants you to stay somewhere. Sometimes he wants you to go somewhere. And so really to know what is appropriate, what we should do at a particular stage or even moment of our life, there's really no substitute for Krishna consciousness. And of course, it's not something we have to do all by ourselves. We have good association. We can talk to each other. And all of us benefit by good association. So... I hope that is not, I hope you don't, I hope that wasn't avoiding your question, but uh, that disinterestedness, for example, I was married, uh, I had a very good wife, and um, when I was a householder, uh, it was my duty not to be totally like, I don't want to know anything about you. It was my duty to to do all I could to be a good husband and to um, to see that, you know, my wife's material and spiritual needs were met to the extent that I could do that as a, uh, probably not the greatest Grihasta in history, but but that was my duty. And, and when I made prop, when I did all that I could to facilitate uh, the spiritual life of my wife, I felt in my heart that I was doing my duty. And that I was, you know, as we say, being a good devotee. And then when Krishna indicated to me that I, you know, it's time to take up other services as a sannyasi, then I, then then it became my duty not to be attached to my to my former wife. And so, and so it's um, yeah, it's it's really just about being devoted enough to Krishna to really understand what our duty is in a particular situation or moment of our life. So, uh, Jai Goranga Das, one is fighting with the senses, doing the best to be a good devotee, but still one is attacked by the senses and material tendencies. It's hard to achieve nishta, so how can we come to the point of chanting the holy names deeply? Well, it's like, let's say you're in a soccer game and you're, you know, fighting to make a goal. And then you're saying, yeah, but the other team is trying to stop me from making a goal. Like, why are they doing that? Well, that's what the other team does. So Maya, her duty is to make sure that, you know, that the spiritual world doesn't 
fill up with a bunch of losers, a bunch of people who aren't really that serious about Krishna consciousness. So it's it's a mistake to think that Maya is against us. Like Maya wants me to fall down. Maya wants me to be wants to degrade me. No, not at all. It's the opposite. Maya is ultimately a friend because Krishna is our eternal friend, and Maya is a servant of Krishna. So how could a servant of Krishna not be our friend? But Maya is our friend by forcing us to be authentic and to, you know, really do the job. So it's a mistake to think that Maya is against us. She's just making sure that we do it right. So, uh, oh, here's a blast from the past. The question is, the question is, is Sri, does Sri Krishna recognize a service, a devotee who lives in his home or only service in the temple? Uh, Prabhupada didn't live in a temple. Prabhupada didn't live in a temple until he, well, until he took sannyas. So uh, Krishna recognizes service. He, If you do sincere service to Krishna, it doesn't matter what your address is. You know, at certain stages of life, certain devotees find they can, it really helps their Krishna consciousness a lot, Krishna consciousness a lot to live in a temple. And those same devotees sometimes can find that it really helps their Krishna consciousness not to live in a temple. And so it just depends. It just depends on what stage of life you're in and what Krishna's plan is for you. But, uh, you know, often temple life can be very good. And often, uh, Prabhupada gave me sannyas and, and I didn't live in temple. He sent me just to travel and preach. I felt like I was being promoted, not degraded. So uh, let's see if I can. So uh, why is there an age of Kali at all? Why? Because the purpose of the material creation is to give you a chance to satisfy all your material desires. And so we need a Kali Yuga when we get in a really stupid mood. And uh, But we have to have a chance to be stupid here in this world so that we can eventually become intelligent. Wouldn't it be better if it was always such Yuga? No, it wouldn't. That, that's a terrible idea. And uh, Krishna actually knows what he's doing. I mean, I think it's obvious from everything I've said why that wouldn't be a good idea. Because if people only had good desires, yeah, there would only be Satyuga. There's not only Satyuga because Krishna has to respond to people's real desires. Otherwise, the whole purpose of creation, letting people experience everything, just wouldn't happen. Uh, does it not contradict the idea that Krishna is all-merciful? Uh, no, no, it doesn't. It actually proves it, that Krishna is all-merciful. Oh, there's the philosopher, Sankarshan. So, uh, let's see. I think, okay, I'm, I'm not the best scroller in the world. So, Devala, good old Devala. In text 50, in regards to Draupadi and Subhadra, where they are seemingly treated with indifference, by their um, husbands. Well, text 48 states they were all returning to their original eternal positions. Why would there seemingly be indifference since they are only continuing with their service and their shared relationships with Lord Krishna? Because uh, only as a because um, 
if you are really a pure devotee of Krishna, then you're not only a pure devotee when you're with your husband or wife. I mean, there's a certain stage of life where being properly married or well-married can help one to be stable in Krishna consciousness. Husbands and wives can help each other very much in spiritual life. Sometimes they actually save each other in spiritual life. And then there's a time when you got to sort of take the training wheels off your bicycle and just ride your own bike. So uh, it doesn't mean that to be a householder necessarily is, I'm not saying it's a childish position. I was just giving that example, but uh, <clears throat> ultimately, if we're going to go back to Godhead, you can't, you can't go back to Godhead if your spiritual position is, well, well, I'm Krishna conscious, but only if I'm with this lady or only if I'm with this man, you know, by myself, I'm not really Krishna conscious. Uh, that's not really good enough to go back to Krishna Loka. To go back to Krishna Loka, uh, we have to be personally Krishna conscious. And of course, I mean, we know that in the spiritual world, people have relationships, you know, boys, girls, husbands, wives, there's all kinds of relationships in the spiritual world. But those are free relationships in the sense that people are not dependent on each other. It's not like, actually, I wouldn't make it here in Krishna Loka if it wasn't for you. And actually, because the idea is that the best loving relationship between two souls, let's just talk about jivas now, a perfect loving relationship, or you could even say romantic relationship, between two souls is when both of them are, are really satisfied in Krishna, and therefore they love each other with complete freedom. They, and they only love each other. There's no taking, there's only giving. Because if I need another person for whatever, that dependence means that my relationship with that person is not only giving or loving, but also I need to take something because if I don't take it, I'm going to end up in a bad place. So that's understandable. It's natural. And it's what we do here in this world. We do depend on each other, but the spiritual world is really a world of pure souls who love freely, not because they need to take something from another person. And so, uh, therefore, Krishna wanted to show the world the Pandavas had achieved that pure state. Because otherwise you could think, well, why did the Pandavas get to go back to God? And I mean, they had Draupadi and they had other wives. And, you know, I'm attached to my wife and they were attached to their wife. And, or I depend on my husband and Draupadi depended on her husband. So what's the difference between me and them? Well, the difference is, that they were not dependent, they were completely pure, liberated souls, and Krishna wanted to show that. Uh, reading some of the notes. So, Leela Kara. Uh, at times one can feel that ultimate being, at times one can feel that ultimate being recognized, being famous, that ultimately, I think you mean, one can feel that ultimately being recognized, being famous can become the pinnacles of happiness. Well, that's just not very bright. I mean, it's understandable. We've all had our moments, but um, 
ultimately thinking that being recognized and famous is the pinnacle of happiness just means that one still has a lot to learn about happiness and about Krishna consciousness. Someone who's experiencing real Krishna conscious happiness just wouldn't think that way. If someone doesn't, if someone does think that way, then well, in the meantime, try to be famous for Krishna, but try to advance spiritually by pure chanting of the Maha Mantra. So thank you all very much. It's a pleasure. We can all get together, at least digitally. It'd be nice if we can all see each other, but I don't know if we all fit. I'm going to speak to my manager about that. But um, yeah, thank you all for coming to our to this program. You're all very well. And see you soon. Hare right, Krishna.